What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And welcome back to another episode of the Spurs cast. On today's episode, I will be speaking with Project Spurs writer Colin Reed. In this episode, Colin and I discuss the latest Spurs signings and break down teams with trade player exceptions since San Antonio has to trade or waive three players before opening night. Before I record, I do want to note that we are recording this episode on Wednesday, August 2nd at uh, 6.03 p.m. Mountain Time. So in case any news breaks, you all know if we didn't discuss it. So let's jump right into this episode with Colin. Colin, how you doing? I'm doing well, you know, we we still have stuff to discuss, you know, we go deep into like the minutia and stuff. And uh, that's fun and good. USA basketball is about to start not too long from now. But honestly, I, I've been so glad to have at least somewhat of a break. I've been like diving into Pikmin 4. I've been loving it. It's been great. But like, you know, it, it's so interesting because even you and I, like we get so into it that like this period from like July 15th to September 1st is kind of like, you know, we still have things to talk about like we're going to do today, but it's a little holiday and it's it's kind of nice and rejuvenating. It's very needed when it's it's a basically a 10 and a half month sport. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially the fact that like right now, like uh, I'm, I'm in the um, biweekly mode of recording the Spurs cast. So I don't have to do an episode every single week, um, you know, because there's not much news going out. But there was just today I'm going to on our first topic, I'm going to talk about some just some cap nerd, nerdery that you and I would definitely uh, enjoy here. So <laughs> that, that kind of made sense here. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, jump right into today's episode. Um, so let's first talk about some some latest news uh, for the Spurs since I last recorded about two weeks ago on July 20th. Um, first of all, they, they, they officially re-signed Sandra Mamu Kalashvili. Um, his contract details haven't come out yet, but we, we do assume it's for the veteran minimum. They officially agreed to a two-way contract with Bar- Dominic Barlow and re-signed him on a two-way contract. And then the more surprising move was that they signed C.D. Sissoko, but to a three-year deal, uh, the first two years are fully guaranteed according to Keith Smith of Spotrack, and the third year is non-guaranteed. Those those exact figures haven't come out just yet. But but the reason why I talked about cap nerd, nerd, nerdery, I guess, is uh, that the Spurs had a way to, to, to open about $2 million in cap space, and they had to renounce Mamu's cap hold and then use that $2 million to sign to Sissoko, and that looks like that's what they did. It looks like they, they didn't use the second-round pick exception. They actually signed him with that that, that, that last um, um, you know um, uh, a bit of cap space to sign um, Sissoko, so Sissoko's on, on, a, on a full deal. There was some player news um, regarding one of the Spurs' guards, um, Devontae Graham. Uh, the NBA uh, uh, said earlier today on a Wednesday that um, he's going to be suspended for two games of, of the regular season for pleading guilty to char- to a charge of impaired driving in North Carolina. And this isn't when he was a spur. This was back when he was with the, uh, I think the Pelicans. It was in the summer of 2022. So this is something he got charged with. He pleaded guilty, but now the NBA's um, uh, 
um, pr- providing the, the penalty for him. And so that will be a two game suspension whenever the regular season does begin in October. And then just some, some, some news that we're waiting for the Spurs um, as we're going to talk about here in a little bit, they need to now, now wave waiver trade three players, not just two anymore, three players since they gave Sissoko a full roster spot between now and the, and the first game of the regular season. And then we're also waiting to see if they, uh, if they provide a, an extension to Devin Vassell, if he and the Spurs agree to a contract extension. So uh, I want to get your first thoughts on what, what is, what, what are your thoughts on, on the Sissoko deal? And then do you think that um, the Spurs and, and Vassell will eventually come to an agreement on a contract extension? Yeah, so I, I think of players who were second-round picks that the Spurs gave guaranteed contracts to before their first season. Um, and the two that I can think of recently were Trey Jones, of course, and, oh my gosh, um, I can't remember. He plays for the Kings now, but like he's definitely a rotation oh, uh, player. Chimezi Metu? Was it? Yes, Metu. Okay. And, and, you know, like, one thing is when, when players get drafted, I think – people can get really excited of like, oh, this could be the next Jokic. Like Jokic was drafted in the 40s or whatever. Or, oh, this could be our next franchise star. And what people don't realize is after like the top three or four picks, like rotation player is a win. Um, I saw someone post stats recently that were like, like in the second half, like in the 20s and beyond of the first round, like 20 to 29 or whatever. It's less than a 50% chance that those players even become rotation level players you know and so the fact that the spurs have had some track record with hey when they sign these guys to guaranteed money from the second round before their first season you know generally they have a pretty strong feeling that this is the kind of guy that can have an nba career so you know and and they're not perfect just like none of us are perfect so that's not saying he's absolutely going to be a rotation player or anything but i would say that's a good vote of confidence to his level of who he can be as a player and that they believe with the limited stuff that they've seen so far that he can be an NBA player, which is a pretty good vote of confidence for the 44th pick. Yeah, and especially some of the signs you saw from him in summer league. I mean, just already uh, ready NBA d- defensive potential out there on the wing. He's got a big body. He can kind of be physical with players. And obviously, um, he's going to need some some development on the offensive end. But that's that's why even though he signed a full contract, they can still send him to Austin. You know, for for a lot of G League games if he can't crack the rotation initially. So yeah, um, you know that that was that was a move that was actually originally reported out of France from Lequip, um, and then it ended up coming true that he got that that uh, that full roster spot. Uh, what are your thoughts on on um, Devin Vassell and the Spurs eventually? green to an extension do you think they'll do that i you know i think we had first talked about this like oh man it was like either before the season ended or around the trade mm-hmm. deadline or something and kind of or it might have even been last season as we're kind of like looking ahead or something but um to me devin vassell kind of has too much pop potential you know like mm-hmm. not coach pop but like the the like yeah. oh my gosh he went from you know this rotation guy who can score at all three levels and is a above average defender to hey if he takes one or two more steps forward on offense and defense now he's like like if if Wimby really really hits on both ends this could be a guy that could be a second or third contributor to a championship team like that I don't think that's where he is today but I think that he has the potential to become that and I think you cannot let that player go so I I think they're gonna get it done Um, I'm gonna be interested to see what the number is I think it's gonna be uh, I think the last time we talked, we said it's probably going to be in the higher 20s. And I, yes. I have not changed mm-hmm. on that opinion um, because the deadline, you know, deadlines really get people into gear, as it were, a lot yeah. of the times. And because the deadline is the first day of the regular season, um, 
I would imagine that it's getting done in October, but I would be surprised if it did not happen. <laughs> okay, um, I'm still with you right there, just like we talked about in previous episode. Um, I do think his range is somewhere like that 20 to 25 million range. And one thing I've really been doing is, is um, and I've heard some media people talking about this, is really focusing on the percentage of the cap. I'm going to really start like tweeting that a lot more, or how do you say, Xing it? I, don't, I forgot to say something. <laughs> anyway, um, so I'm going to definitely start providing those numbers more so than just the, the, the you know, the, the, the raw financial information. Because I think it really is key, because even like a Devin 20 to 25 million, it's only like 19% of the cap or something like that. It's not a lot. Uh, and I think we really need to start looking at the, at the players' contracts that way. So I, I agree with you. I think what threw us off was that the fact that last year they did Keldon's uh, deal really early in July. And normally with like DeJounte Murray and Derek White, they usually waited, like you said, to October. So I do think that they're going to eventually come to some sort of decision with Devin Vassell. And, and, you know, and of course, if they don't, then he goes into restricted free agency and then, you know, they still have the opportunity to, to resign him. So yeah, we'll, we'll uh, eventually see what happens with Vassell. All right. So now that they, uh, like I mentioned, that they signed um, Sissoko to a full roster spot, there is a, a there is an, an issue here with the team where they need to either trade or waive three players before opening night of the regular season in October. So let's before we dive into some teams that have some trade player exceptions that I, that I've kind of um, uh, looked at, I want to first talk about some of the players who are probably likely to either get waived or traded. So first, let's start off with the most likely players. I have a list here. Uh, we have Devontae Graham, who's uh, who's going to earn twelve point one million dollars a season, plus he has two point eight million partially guaranteed in twenty four twenty five. Reggie Bullock, $11 million. He's on the final year of his deal. Ken Burch, $6.9 million. He's in the final year of his deal. Jetty Osmond, $6.7 million, also in the final year of his deal. And then Cameron Payne is at $6.5 million, also in the final year of his deal. Now, these next three players are also kind of like on expiring contracts, except that they're more established parts of the team. These players have been with the, with the Spurs for a number of years now. Um, and so you have Doug McDermott at $13.7 million, Zach Collins, $7.7 million. And then Charles Bassey uh, is at 2.6 million. He does have multiple years left on his deal, but they're all non-guaranteed going forward. So he, you know, he can't be uh, have his contract kind of like an expiring contract. So I, um, so, so I guess let me let me ask you my first question. Let me, let me ask my first question here. Uh, do you agree that those players on the most likely list are likely most likely to get traded, or do you feel like Doug or Charles should be moved to that other side? What do you think? I, I do think that, but what's difficult for me is I kind of see it in tiers. You know, where mm -hmm. we have like. Like most, 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 most likely is like Devontae Graham and Kim Burge. And then mm -hmm. with uh, Bullock, Osmond, and Payne, there's actually like a case for any one of them being important for the Spurs this coming season. You know, like Camp Payne, when um, the Suns went on their, the season they went on their finals run, you know, obviously he was playing next to Devin Booker, who's a very high level player. But when Chris Paul missed some time that year, he stepped into the starting lineup and was able to continue kind of running that offense a little bit again, you know, he's next to Booker. So like Booker is obviously a big part of that, but he, he is a player who could be the Spurs backup point guard off the bench and would do that role very adequately, you know? And I think Reggie Bullock, his shooting very much fits the team. And I think Osman is, you know, that kind of wing guy, I, I think maybe like a little bit average range of some of those wing skills, but you know, you can never have too many wings in today's NBA. So I think, for me, I would imagine that they try to find a trade partner for Graham and Burch. They're probably just going to have to wave. But to me, what's going to be interesting is how are they going to be able to like, how are they going to make the decision between those other three guys? Because I do think mm -hmm. the established with a team they are keeping unless it's part of like a three team Dame trade yeah. or three team Harden trade or something. Like, I don't think any one of the people on the right are just getting waived. Um, and so what's interesting is, like, how are they going to decide between those three players? Because to me, 
any one of them can have value on the team. Um, and they're mm-hmm. all NBA players. I mean, all the people on this page are like rotation players. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think that those three are like guys that if they got waived, they might not make it off of waivers kind of thing. So, okay. So uh, this is interesting. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I haven't been of the, I mean, I haven't been of the belief that that they would they would just waive Graham if they can't find a trade. But I'm like, man, because now hearing you say that, just because he has that other part of his deal, you know, in the final year, I mean, on the the yeah, 24, 25, partially guaranteed. That okay, that kind of throws off my thinking here. So, so I think Birch, like you said, I think they're just gonna have to waive him. I don't think there's gonna be a trade part partner for him. And then it gets tough because, like we said, there's two other players that need to get traded or waived. So, so before we answer that, we'll, we'll go back to we'll go back to this question a little bit. And I actually had it on my notebook, but it's pretty far away from the mic, so I'm probably not gonna go get it. But I had like a list of my final um, outcome here or like predictions. But let's first jump into the teams though, Colin, that have some trade player acceptance. Um, so let's first begin with some, some um, teams with, with trade player exceptions. We're gonna go through a, through a few teams here. Some we won't get, go into detail just because um, they're they're in, they're involved in some other trades right now, most likely. So the first team is the Atlanta Hawks. Um, they have a $23 million trade exception, so they could basically take in any one of these players um, on, on the list. They are $7.8 million under the tax. So, so, so they're kind of dis, um, disqualify some of the players like uh, that are over, that are over that, um, that amount, like Reggie Bullock, maybe, um, you know, a player making 11 million. So he's probably off, off their list. Cause you, you, if you're the Hawks, you probably want to stay under the tax. They also have 15 players on guaranteed deals, which means that if they were to bring in one of these Spurs players with the trade exception, they have to waive somebody as well on their team. Now they don't have uh, too many um, uh, second round picks without any kind of without any kind of restrictions. There's only a 20, 30 uh, second rounder that they have that doesn't have any restrictions. And then I, I could see them being a team who maybe looks at campaign just because uh, he would he would compete with them. Their only backup point guard behind Trey Young is uh, Patty Mills right now for that backup spot. And then we have the Brooklyn Nets who have a 19.9 million dollar trade exception. Again, can also take can take in any one of these Spurs players uh, into their trade exception. They are 10 million dollars under the tax. They have one open guaranteed spot. And then they have multiple second round picks they, that, that with no with no um, restrictions. They have a 2026, 20, 28, 29, and 30. I could also make the, the Cameron Payne case for Brooklyn, where um, you know, maybe he competes with Dennis Smith Jr. for backup minutes. But other Spurs players, just because again, the situation where those teams probably want to stay under the tax, I can't find a deal for the, for them, um, you know, to, to use that TP on any of those other Spurs players that we listed a while ago. Do you what do you think about these two these two um, ideas? Yeah, and, and I think you know, even with the Hawks. Like that's getting them like fairly close to that tax line, you know, and like that mm-hmm. that would take away some of their flexibility throughout the season, because unless all of a sudden in year two this Dejounte Trey pairing is really clicking, I would not imagine that they're going to have the go ahead from ownership to go over the tax, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, it, but you know, the Nets would have a little bit more breathing room and kind of the way that their team is constructed. We talk about you can never have too many wings. Well, they have. A couple yeah. of pretty good wings and <laughs> mm-hmm. now you can maybe put some competent playmaking around those wings and you kind of have something there so i i think you know that i would say uh i i like the paint fit in brooklyn especially okay um i think oh man you know it's it's hard because there is part of me that yearns for days gone by and i'm like well how can the hawks Send Patty back, and then we still find a way <laughs> for the Spurs to cut three. Like you and I are going to be sitting there doing mental gymnastics until like the day before yeah. the season starts. But man, I just feel like Pop or not Pop uh, Mills would be such a good like culture guy for this young team. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I I, I kind of wonder if maybe Payne would be a better fit for the Hawks because I think at this point in their careers. Payne probably has more on-court value. 
So, yeah, I, I think I would agree with you on the assessment that either of these teams are probably only looking for Cameron Payne. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so I would agree with that. And yeah, so so my thing why why they would both say no maybe is just because like do they want to give up a second rounder for Payne when they already have you know pretty good options there at the backup point guard spot and if if so maybe they would have to like put a lot of heavy protections on that second round pick, um, yeah and just something that you mentioned there was like the reason why I stayed away from teams like just trading one for one players is because the Spurs are in that same predicament even if they do a one for one so that's why I'm really focused on these on these trade exception teams because then the Spurs uh, wouldn't need to send back a a, a player uh, to that team. Okay, let's go to some other teams here. We have the Wizards, who have a twelve point four million dollar trade exception. They they have a lot. There are a lot of they have a lot of space under the tax. Should I say they're twenty seven point one million dollars under the tax, but they're very much like the Hawks, where they they actually have sixteen players on guaranteed deals right, right now. So which would mean that if they took in one of these Spurs players, they would have to uh, uh, waive two players on their roster. They also don't have many second round picks without ex- um, any restrictions, so they only have one to twenty thirty. And as far as looking at the players um, that fit into that 12.4 million, I just, and then just the depth that the Wizards have like at different spots, I didn't find a deal for the Spurs. Do you think anybody on the Spurs might fit with Washington? Just. Yeah, I, I think, I think that's hard to find. And especially you look at, they only have one twenty thirty. They have 16 players on guaranteed deals. So at that point, it's like, even yeah. though these are good players, like we talked about, now you're starting mm-hmm. to change the calculus with the, with the Wizards want the Spurs to attach a pick to take on that contract and then you're saying well okay if if we're salary dumping why not just wave you know exactly that, that's mm-hmm. where i'm at because like the wizards um and you know i think that the the players on the wizards are going to try very hard next year i don't know if they are like extremely focused on like finding the most optimal ninth man so that they can be the best team they can next season if i can put it that yeah. way um mm-hmm. so i think at that point like i mean if i were in the wizards front office i wouldn't be trading my only mm. remaining uncumbered second round pick for any of the players we listed earlier if i'm being honest yeah, yeah no no I, I agree with you that's why i said no deals no deal to be found uh we're yeah. going to skip the heat the heat do have a 9.5 million trade exception but we know that they're in those damian Lillard trade negotiations so that could all change um so we'll skip the heat we're also going to skip portland because they're also involved in the damian negotiations they do have an 8.3 million dollar trade exception uh let's talk about the, the pacers though um they have 7.4 million dollars in cap space still um, they have 50 players on guaranteed deals, which would mean that if they took in a Spurs player into that cap, they would need to waive one player. They do have an unprotected 2025 second and a 2030. I couldn't find another, uh, again, I, I'm at the issue here. I couldn't find a Spurs player that quite fit with them. I, I do think Reggie Bullock would be nice for them, but they, they just can't fit his salary. He makes too much money. He makes $11 million. So it, it just wouldn't work. I couldn't find any other deals. What do you think about the Pacers? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's hard on any of these rosters that are already kind of up mm-hmm. against roster limit um mm-hmm. and i'm gonna you know I, I don't know kind of the second half of the pacers roster all that well to be honest so i'm not sure if there's any players that they you know again we're talking about at that point if they have to send a player back for salary matching now now it'd have to be a two for one deal for it to make sense it, it's yeah. yeah it there there might be some waving involved even for good players you know as we go through this exercise yeah. you would think oh well yeah. trading them would be mm-hmm. best but Yep. I mean, how are they going to get there? <laughs> uh, so, okay. And the last two teams. Um, so we have the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, they have a $7.5 million trade exception. They are $13.4 million under the tax. They are in a tough spot. They're actually in a worse spot than the Spurs. They they have 17 <laughs> players on guaranteed deals. Uh, so then if they took in a Spurs player, they would need a, they would need a, a waiver trade three players. They only have one um, unprotected second rounder at 2030. I could not find a deal with the Grizzlies. And then uh, the Knicks, um, they have a $6.8 million trade exception. 
They're only $4.7 million under the tax. They do have a lot of room on their roster. They have 11, only 11 players on guaranteed deals, and they have a bunch of second-round picks. But again, the problem there is that, um, you know, do they want to go over the tax to, to bring in a, a player who's basically making maybe like a Jetty Osman, a Ken Birch, or a Cameron Payne? Those are the only players that would even fit into that trade exception. So again, I couldn't quite find a deal with the Knicks. Do, do you agree with those two opinions? What do you think? Well, even even the fact that those players fit in the trade player exception, um, that's still like going over the tax line. And yeah. like, mm-hmm. again, like going to ownership and saying, we think we are Jetty Osmond away from winning a title. So like, we'll take him on and go over. <laughs> like, I, I, that's a yeah. hard sell, you know? And it is. I know it that is. fans hate to think about the financials when it comes to this, but like these players are being paid real money and someone's signing those checks. And like, there is the Suns' new owner and there is Steve Ballmer. And those are like the only two that have shown like we do not care. And the rest, you know, they, they have to almost every team's operating assumption is if we're not competing for a title, we're not really just wanting to hang out in the attacks. So, you know, with them being so close to that, like they only have 11 players on roster. So that's a good fit. But the being mm-hmm. less than five million away from the tax makes that a pretty terrible fit. Yep. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the Spurs, I mean, the, the front office has a tough job to do in these next few months. I mean, before, before opening night, like, like that's the reason why I wanted to focus on who has the, who has the, who has the, the uh, space to bring those teams in, like as far as the trade exceptions. So the Spurs don't have to send a, a salary back and it's tough to find teams or players that fit with those teams. And then also a lot of these teams already have to make waves themselves or like trade players themselves. Like they're already over, over the roster limit. So let's do an early, what is this August 2nd prediction? I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but yeah. So let's just let's just go through this. Who do you think are the three players you could either, you could either say, um, you know, they so and so gets traded or or waived? Uh, uh, do you want me to give my predictions first, then you go, or, or how do you want to do this? Um, I can go first because okay, go a little bit of spicy pasta here. I, I'm thinking okay. Devonte Graham, and the reason why is because the people who are in the know, like the newsbreakers, they always know more than they tell you. And I saw that today, and I don't remember if it was Shams or ESPN report, I think that was Andrew Lopez. The wording mm-hmm. was very specific. The wording was, he All will about be suspended that. for two games yes, once I caught he's that. eligible to play. And that I caught that's that. very yes. interesting, because why wouldn't he? He's not hurt, you know? So yeah. that tells mm-hmm. me that they know something. They know something. Uh, so I'd say Devontae Graham, Kim Birch. Okay. Or, or waived, you said, right? Waved. Yes, waved, waved. Okay. Um, and then, oh, and actually, sorry, this goes back to the Knicks real quick. Why mm-hmm. would the Knicks trade for these players when, if the Knicks don't trade for them, the Spurs would have to waive them, and then they can sign them to minimums and still be under yeah. the Yeah, well, a lot of these teams too, right? Like, why are you yeah. giving up second-round picks when this, you know the Spurs are facing a deadline? They have to trade. They yeah. either have to waive these players. So I think a lot of those teams that would like these players, maybe some of that's why I think they hang on to some like Reggie Bullock or Chet Jerry Osmond because they have more value right yeah. now. Um, yeah okay so, so who's I, your who's your third player i oh it's so interesting because i can see the other three as good trade pieces i i'm gonna say yeah they probably keep uh balak and osman and they mm-hmm. they see what they can get at the trade deadline i'd be interested mm-hmm. though one of the things that they were talking about i was listening to uh dunked on um like offseason grades or whatever and one of the things they mentioned about the barlow two-way thing was they said well i wonder if sometime throughout the season when they trade one of these players maybe it's a two-for-one or something they open up a roster like they kind of have made a wink wink with barlow to say hey yeah sometime during the season we're going to open up a 14th spot and you're coming on into that spot um because Mm -hmm. i do think that's something you mentioned before like that yeah yeah and i I think i think osman and and block are 
going to be so much easier to move during the season when a team mm-hmm. is like, oh, man, we just need a little bit more shooting or, oh, man, we just need yeah. one more like wing-sized guy in our rotation that can do wing things. Um, and I think, I think that's what I'm going to stick with because I think even though Cameron Payne does fit a need on the Spurs, I do think a bunch of teams have backup point guard and the two that would have the most tr- uh, trade value later on would be Bullock and Osman. Okay, so, so then, but, but Graham Birch and Payne of the waved. So you think? Okay, okay. So I'm actually with with you right there, except that I'm going to change it. I'm going to I'm going to say that somebody does um uh, make a deal for Payne if they actually try to acquire him. I think mm-hmm. I think he has some good value. And I think so. I think that Payne gets traded. I think Birch definitely gets waived. And so now I'm I'm with oh man. So I, did, I initially going into this, I didn't know if I would say Graham was going to get waived, but I think you convinced me. I think that's uh, that's probably what's going to end up happening here, especially because like you, I saw that too yeah. about what you mentioned about the press release. Uh, and so I'm going to say I'm going to say Graham gets waived as well. I think that you got to keep uh, Bullock and Osmond, like you said, till the tra- till the February trade deadlines. You know, see see how much you can get for that both those players. Even someone like McDermott, if they have no future plans with him, you still hold on to him till February. You know, before before you know having having to to, to move on from from McDermott. Bassey's interesting though, man, because that, that was actually my original answer. Just because I just I just didn't know if they would want to waive uh, Graham, who had you know just partially guaranteed money on the following year. But now you've kind of convinced me a little bit more, so you kind of changed my opinion on that one. Just listening to, you, to some of your thoughts there. So, yeah, like that's the that's the situation the Spurs are finding themselves in right now. It's it's a tough. You know, I really wanted to, to break down this exercise and go through it, just because, like I said, um, it's really tough to find to find deals for these players. And the fact that the Spurs have to make three of them, I and mean, they're gonna some some really good players, like you said, good rotation players are gonna end up um, becoming um, unrestricted free agents most likely. All right, so um, I do want to say thank you to Colin for joining me here on this episode of the Spurs Cast. I also want to say thank you to Joe Garcia for mixing and producing this episode. Please subscribe, rate, and review the Spurs Cast on podcast platforms and YouTube. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day.